cue the intro. to the very first episode of the Iron Journey podcast, the only Ironman podcast dedicated entirely to you, the athlete. So we are going to, over the course of the next few weeks, months, and years, be releasing a ton of new podcasts, all interviewing people who have either completed an Ironman recently to talk about their journey, why they signed up, how they made it, how things went, all about race day and the preparation so that you can hear through some other people's experiences what either you may be coming up against or just get inspired by some of the amazing stories that some people have out there. The other type of guests and the type of guests that we have today are going to be people integral in the success of those athletes. So today we have a really special guest. Her name is Emily Connors. She is a nutritionist that works in a gym in Bel Air, Maryland called Signum CrossFit. She has been through just about every different type of mental attitude you can have about fitness and nutrition, ranging all the way back to really not doing anything, to now spending her full-time job and her entire career helping other people realize the abilities of their body all edited through what it is that they consume. And so she spent you know, about 30 minutes with us talking through a bunch of things, why nutrition is sometimes so complicated, how it can be made so much easier, some things that Ironman athletes or even just athletes or people trying to lose weight or get in shape can take and start implementing immediately. You don't need to be a college professor in calculus to figure out how many calories you should be eating a day. Instead, it's actually much simpler than that. And she takes the time to walk us through a lot about what it is that she's learned over the years and what it is that she's teaching her clients now. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. If you are local in the Maryland area and you are seeking nutritional guidance, please go check her out. You can find her on their website, Signum CrossFit. That's S-I-G-N-U-M CrossFit.com. Her name is Emily Connor. Super pumped to have her on the show. And without any further ado, our very first episode of the Iron Journey podcast starts now. Emily, thank you for bearing with me to do this a second time. You're welcome. <laughs> for anyone who eventually listens to this, it will likely be the first or second episode. But what they won't know is that you graciously recorded this with me a month ago. I did, and, and we crushed it. We did. And hopefully <laughs> this one's half as good. Yes. Uh, but we're trying again because I have no idea what I'm doing and I deleted the file. <laughs> so thank you for joining one more time. You're so welcome. <laughs> so most of the listeners to this are going to be people who are either starting or in progress with the journey of completing an Ironman from, in some cases, relatively nothing. And in other cases, you know, some kind of background, whether that's running or general fitness, where this was just a cool thing they decided to sign up for one day. But a big piece of something like this, much more so than running your local 10K, is nutrition, uh, which I think is you know, certainly what we hope to cover here today. But why don't you do us a little favor and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, um, why it's relevant for you to be with us today and not somebody else, and a little bit about your backstory. For sure. Um, so my name's Emily and I own a CrossFit gym in Bel Air, Maryland. Um, we're a little different. We only do personal training, personal training using the CrossFit methodology. So we're not like a big group class model, but 
Um, and when we opened, we decided that we wanted to run a nutrition program out of the gym as well. So we both knew how important nutrition was. And our number one goal is to get our clients to reach their goals. And just coming to work out with us two, three, four times a week um, is really not going to get you there if you're eating, you know, McDonald's and right. Chick-fil-A every day. So, um, but we needed a, a system to be able to run it. So I went through a certification certification process um, through a dietitian. Um, her name's Nicola Coyne and she runs uh, Healthy Steps Nutrition. And so I went through her certification process and, you know, ever since we opened our doors, basically everybody signs up for nutrition as well as fitness. And we've had just incredible success. Um, and so have our clients. So it's been, it's been great. Yeah. And I remember the last time we talked, your, your personal story regarding nutrition is somewhat interesting because like many of us, you spent a good amount of your life doing more or less whatever you wanted. It was like, well, I'm yeah. going to eat this. I'm going to try to eat a salad here or there, but mm -hmm. I'm going to go do whatever I want. So how, you know, and, and the last time I saw you and even well before that, you're in incredible shape now, you know, you look fantastic. You probably feel even better. So just talk a little bit about how, because you weren't a dietitian or a nutritionist by trade, not for no. the last, you know, 10, 15 years. So how'd we get here? No, no, not at all. Yeah. So um, I lived in New York City for 10 years. I was in um, fashion design. So, you know, living in New York, walking everywhere. I was a soul cycle girl. That's a very expensive workout up in New York City. Um, but I never focused on nutrition. I really didn't know what to do other than to do like a juice cleanse for five days, <laughs> which I never made it. Like I literally never made it. Um, I would try so hard, but you'd spend an exorbitant amount of money on like five juices per day. It was just right. stupid. So not sustainable. Um, yeah. So I started to take an interest in nutrition right before I moved out of New York. Um, I signed up for the integrative um, Institute, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. That's what it's called. But it felt a little hokey. I didn't feel like I was going to get what I wanted out of it, nor did I know how to turn it into a business and, mm -hmm. you know, potentially leave the fashion industry. So um, fast forward a couple of years, moved to Baltimore, started CrossFitting. Um, and, you know, I was working out five days a week. You know, I met my husband at the CrossFit gym. He was a coach, super into it. I got into it. Um, we, um, weren't really super focused on our nutrition at all. And then, you know, I got pregnant, we decided to open a gym. So we were like, okay. And I was going to be the head nutrition coach. And it was like, if I'm going to be teaching people how to eat, like I've got to get my stuff in order right. and I want to be an example. I want, I wanted people to say, I want to look like her, you know, right. and that may be vain, but I felt like that was important because anytime I signed up for something, it was because I wanted to look like the person running it, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like, if they can do it, they're the experts. Just tell me what to do. Right. So um, had a baby and basically started this nutrition program through this dietitian immediately before we had even opened our doors. We were still searching for a space for our gym. And within, I mean, within two months, I was, I mean, the fat was like falling off of me and, um, I just learned that uh, just eating on a consistent schedule, eating whole real foods, having a nice combination of carbs, proteins, and fats were important. Um, I didn't have to cut carbs, you know, like mm -hmm. that was a, you know, a big thing I still hear all the time. Like I'm cutting back on carbs. It's like carbs are not inherently bad for you. You just have to make sure you're having high quality carbs and in the right amount. Right. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I basically ended up losing like around 9% body fat, probably about 15 pounds. Um, and it's, it's stayed off and it's, it's not hard work to keep it off. So that's kind of the beauty of it. It's like, it's not a diet. It's just the way I eat now. And it's just part, part of right. my lifestyle now. So there, <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. And that, there's a really interesting difference between, you know, just eating to lose weight or eating to cut inches. Like you made the exaggerated example of a juice cleanse, like that would technically yeah. accomplish it, but that's because you're just like not eating. Like basically. basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there, there is a, a large difference certainly between that, but even just your, you know, three salads a day type person versus yeah. someone who is trying to eat right, but more for the purpose of fueling for some athletic activity or to make sure that they can complete their workouts and actually get something out of them. Because the other thing that we both see quite often through coaching and life in general is someone who works out really, really hard, but then doesn't eat at all. And they're like, well, yeah. I have to be in this caloric deficit. I have to eat like three, you know, leaves of spinach a day and then run 12 <laughs> miles. And that's the only yeah. way I'm going to lose weight. So that's, that was one of the things I think most interesting to me when I really started to learn more about nutrition was I actually wasn't eating enough mm. and I feel like I eat a ton. Yeah. But from that perspective, it was a, a shock almost. Okay. Even just doing a normal one hour workout a day, I had to eat more than I thought. So for, for your endurance type athletes who are out there for hours and hours on end, like they may not even be close. Probably not even close. Yeah. 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 I mean, your body needs a certain amount. Like I like to use the gas tank analogy with a lot of my female clients who have just been under eating for so many years and, but they don't feel well and their energy is low and they're not recovering from workouts and mm -hmm. they, they're not, um, they're not able to like focus during the day and they have a 3 PM crash. Like it's amazing the consistencies you hear from these people that under eat um, as far as just quality of life. But yeah. So like if, if you're going on a trip, like I'm going to a car trip, North Carolina in a week, like I know that I need a full tank of gas. <laughs> I probably need three of them along the way, but, um, I know I need a full tank of gas to get there. So why would I put only like three quarters or a half in, you know, mm -hmm. like it's same with your body. It requires a certain amount of calories and macronutrients to just get through the day. And, um, if you're heading into a workout and you've had three <laughs> pieces of lettuce, like you're not going to get the most out of that workout. Right. You're going to crash. You're not going to be able to push through. Um, so yeah, for sure. Like fueling your body is, is super, super important. And you're not going to get the most out of the workout. You're not going to recover from it either. No, that was one of the biggest things I noticed. So I was still at the CrossFit gym where you and I met. Um, and when I started this program and I was a 6am morning worker outer and, uh, I would come in and everyone would be dying from the workout before, like so sore, couldn't sit, couldn't squat. And I was like, whoa, I remember going home and telling my husband, like, I feel everyone was complaining about yesterday's workout and I feel nothing like, yeah. so the inflammation from not eating processed foods and putting enough food into my body, like of real quality stuff, my inflammation was so down. And I think about that all the time now, because like, if I were still eating that way or thinking about the people that do eat processed food or, or not super healthy all the time, or don't eat enough, like the amount of inflammation going on in your body and on a consistent basis, it's kind of frightening yeah. and it leads it, and it ends up leading to chronic disease. Like that's, 
you know, that your body can't like stay in that state of a high inflammation for a long time without things starting to go wrong. Yeah. And working out as positive as it is can just exacerbate that to some yeah. degree if it's not being regulated. And, and that little story you just told of, you know, yesterday's workout, today's workout, that was you working out in a very intense 10 to 20 minute period right. five times a week, right? So right. as someone who's gone through the training for something like Ironman, where you don't have, you don't even have 24 hours to rest most of the time. You've got a session in the morning, a session at night, sometimes two back to back, you know, you yeah. get one day out of the week. So it's really interesting when you start to think about the benefits of recovery, because there's just no, there's just no downtime really basically yeah. anywhere. And is something that, that kind of got me. So I, I, back when I signed up for the race initially, I got, you know, all excited. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right. I'm going to get my notebook out. I'm going to start a journal. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to follow some nutrition program. And then you go to start to look into it. And, and this happened to me as someone who's been in the fitness industry for eight to 10 years, who should know better at this point, but you start looking around at nutrition stuff on the internet. It just gets really, uh, really complicated. So like you, overwhelming. Go, you go from the food pyramid you remember as an 11 year old, you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm only supposed to eat cereal and I'm occasionally <laughs> supposed to eat dessert. Uh, and you get all the way to a point where people are telling you that the only way that you're ever going to have high performance in exercise is by counting three almonds and yeah. one tablespoon of nut butt, you know, and it gets, it eventually becomes like a part-time job. Like I don't have time to measure yes. my food like that. That's yes. crazy. So I, one thing that I really, really like about what you and Rob do is there's certainly some of that, you know, have more of this, have less of that, but you guys follow the plate method, which for someone really just getting started is way easier than most of the things that are out there. So much easier. Most of my clients refuse to track their food. Like it's <laughs> like a big part of our program and I can't get anybody to do it. So, you know, it really is more focusing on, all right, just do me a favor and start having <laughs> vegetables two times a day. Like, yeah. You know, and before I started this nutrition program, I wasn't having vegetables two times a day. There were days I would go multiple days without having any. Yeah. So even it just depends where the person's starting out from. But even just doing something as simple as that, like lunch and dinner, get like a solid cup and a quarter of vegetables in. Mm -hmm. Like non-starchy, like, you know, sweet potatoes don't count. Like that's your carb. Yeah. I'm talking, you know, broccoli, um, asparagus, cauliflower, things like that. Most things that are green. Most things that are green, yeah, and that um, you could potentially eat raw. Um, mm -hmm. So I wouldn't eat a sweet potato raw, but it'd be hard. Yeah, so that kind of tells me, okay, that's not what I'm looking yeah. for. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the plate method is essentially um, just it's a visual thing. So um, you just look at your plate, and you're trying to fill a half of your plate with a non-starchy vegetable. Um, a quarter of your plate is going to be your protein. Um, preferably a lean protein, and then a quarter of your plate is going to be your starch, like a quinoa, brown rice, sweet potato, regular potatoes, um, something like that. So mm -hmm. super easy, visual way. Um, or they've got the um, three compartment containers on Amazon. Like if you just search three compartment container, there's a million different options, but there's one where the three sizes are different. So there's a very obvious smallest one where mm -hmm. your starch would go a very obvious medium sized um, opening where your protein would go. And then the largest section, which takes up about half of the container would be your non-starchy vegetable. So 
Yeah, so, so you, and I'm overgeneralizing probably um, to get to an example, but you break instead of the food pyramid where there's like 11 levels of the pyramid, I don't remember what it looks like, but there's more than yeah. three or four. Um, you pretty much break everything down into three categories, right? Protein, fat, carb to some degree. Yeah, yeah. So instead of calories, like, you know, in the 90s, we counted calories. There's still mm -hmm. a lot of people out there counting calories, but a calorie is... They all differ. They differ so much in how your body responds to them. So if you're putting in 100 calories worth of, I don't know, fried like nuggets from McDonald's versus 100 calories worth of a hard-boiled egg and some carrot sticks, mm -hmm. vastly different how your body is going to respond to those two things. So, um, you know, we don't really push counting calories. We're more like, okay, each time you eat, I want to think about like, what's your protein? What's your carb? What's your fat? Mm -hmm. And we want to incorporate all three in every meal and snack because they all play a super important role. Um, so, you know, carbs are our main source of energy. Um, fat makes us feel satisfied longer and keeps us full longer. Protein helps us build muscle. Um, and that's a super generalized, like yeah, yeah. super generalized, but that's, you know, they all play an important role and together when they're eating together, they like help support each other and, um, you know, fat and protein help keep your blood sugar stable instead of just having carbs and you've got this like insulin spike. Um, so yeah, we kind of just focus on the macronutrients. And I, so that was another thing that kind of scared me too, because I was like, okay, like, I'm pretty sure I know what those three categories are. And someone was like, Hey, do you know that broccoli could be a carb? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? How is that possible? I know. Uh, and so when, when that was first approached with me, that was one of those things where I was afraid I was going to have to start counting almonds and, and going that route. But yeah. someone turned me on to, they were like, don't change anything, but use something like my fitness pal and just log in there every single thing that you eat. And at the end of the day, I'll give you a little pie chart. And it'll show you, if nothing else, the percentages of those three categories that you're eating. So you can see what percentage of your 100% is carb versus fat versus protein, you know, what right. have you. If someone were to just do that for a week or a day or 10 days or whatever, what yeah. would you hope, what, what would their goal ratios be versus what maybe you see more often or maybe just what the goals are? Yeah, I mean, so for the average person, um, you're looking for about 40% of your calories coming from carbohydrates, so whole food carbohydrates, 30% coming from protein, and 30% coming from fat. So when someone's been eating that way for a while, and um, we've gotten to basically their ideal um, uh, body fat percentage, so uh, we have an in-body machine, which is a you know very expensive machine, which kind of breaks it all down for us. And we can see if you should still be losing fat or if you sort of move into maintenance. And when you move into maintenance, it means you know you don't really want to lose any more fat. Um, some fat in your body is good. Um, and then we would start kind of bumping up the fat. And the reason being is that um, it packs so much more punch per per calorie. So like mm -hmm. you don't need to have as much because you're probably already eating a decent amount of food. So in order to increase your calories pretty quickly, like having a little bit more fat and maybe two snacks a day is much easier than eating another serving of some kind of carbohydrate or protein. Right. So um, yeah, but for most people, it's the 40 carb, 30 protein, 30 fat. And 
my fitness pal is just phenomenal. I mean, you can scan barcodes on what you're eating, which is like the fastest, mm-hmm. easiest way. I mean, that's what I try to do all the time. Um, you do need to be careful because there's a lot of anyone can put anything in my fitness pal. So you could potentially right. be pulling up a half a cup of brown rice and it's telling you that there's like 100 grams of carbs in that. And that's just super far from the truth. So any um, thing that's been inputted, that's been verified by someone, meaning it's, it's concrete, like is, has a green check mark next to it. So I tell people, if you're not using the barcode scanner, look for the green check mark verified um, food option. Yeah, that's really good. And it, it does a couple things. Like one, it certainly tells you what you're doing. So for me personally, yeah. the first time I did it, I was eating like 93% fat and then like 7% of the other yeah. things. And that was largest because I ate about three pounds of cashews a day for some reason. But <laughs> it, it was a lot. It might've been more. Okay. But the, so that was eye-opening for one. I was like, oh my God, okay, I need to, I should probably stop doing that and just make some kind of adjustment, you know, put a bigger piece of chicken into my dinner, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So I, I was able to make some, really micro changes without without the need for some like calculus formulation to tell me how many calories from what things that I needed I could just shift you know the plate around a little bit the other thing it did that I didn't expect but I uh I realized in myself but I also saw it through a coworker, was you would be standing there with like a piece of food in your hand and your phone in the other hand and you're like if I eat this I have to put it in here (laughs) <laughs> and I really want the Snickers bar, but I really don't want to put it in here. No, and there was a little bit of self-regulation and I had to laugh when I saw a coworker doing the exact same thing, just standing in front of the snack cabinet, like, you know, cookie in one hand, phone in the other. I was like, what are you doing? It's like rationalizing. Oh, I can leave you to that. But it yeah. was, it really was to your point, eye-opening of just, I'd never written down. I was like, okay, well, like I ate well today. I had a healthy breakfast, a healthy lunch, a healthy dinner. And I just sort of forgot all the things that I ate in between those and just like erase right. them from my mind. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, when you actually have to sit there and start logging everything down, you're like, Oh my God, how many of these have I eaten today? But oh like, yeah. Yeah. Totally eye opening. And it can be super daunting. A lot of people are like, I don't want to log my food. I don't want to be on my phone every day, but mm-hmm. um, I'll tell people like, just do one day. Like you said, like just do one day. And even if you look at that and you're like, okay, there's one tweak I could make. Like my, I'm way over on my fat on my lunch. Like mm-hmm. what's two things I could cut back on a little bit to reduce the amount of fat. It just, it is eye opening. It's carbs and fats that creep up on you so fast. And almost everyone under eats protein. Like mm-hmm. that's the the trend I see for the most part. Because um, it's kind of hard to overeat protein. I don't know. It's just not the one that everyone's drawn to. You know, right. it's not the macro. It's not the sexiest macronutrient out there. Like unless you go to a steak dinner, it's exactly. not going to be the feature. Exactly. I yeah. mean, I got a little scale from Amazon. Um, you know, it's like ten bucks to weigh my protein I just make sure I'm having around four to five ounces because mm-hmm. um, I chronically under eat it as well but I want to gain muscle so I'm like I know it's super important to get protein so how do we one of the challenges or one of the things that I really liked when uh, however many years ago I I did a some kind of diet challenge where it basically was like go eat paleo for a month and just see what happens mm-hmm. it was very similar to whole 30 or you know what have you some slight differences and for me, it was really easy to do because it basically said, eat these things, don't eat these things, and then eat as much as you want. 
yeah. there was no, you know, how much. And so I just ate when I was hungry and I didn't eat when I wasn't hungry. And I eventually figured out how much to eat to keep myself from being hungry and, um, but not be overly full all the time. And that was another thing that I struggled with, at least for a little while when going through all that training was you know, you're hungry all the time, or at least yeah. it's really, it feels that way. And at some point you're like, I like, is, should I be eating every two hours for a 24 hour period? Like, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, from my perspective, that, that food challenge I did however many years ago was good because it just kind of removed some food groups and then let me figure it out on my own. But especially for someone who's going, even from being a relatively active person to being what I think you would consider a super active person going through something like an Ironman training, how, how would you regulate just amount of food, Oof. number of meals, amount per meal? And, and not, I guess this question, I'm not looking for you to say, you know, uh, a plate that's seven inches in diameter yeah. every three and a half hours. But, you know, if someone's trying to self-regulate and figure this thing out as they're going, what's some advice that you could give them? Um, well, I think one of the first things I would do, there's a website, um, TD, D as in dog, eecalculator.net. So it's your TD, eecalculator.net. It will calculate how many calories you should be consuming. So it takes into account, kind of got to know your body fat percentage, but like your weight, your body fat percentage and how active you are. So it could at least be a starting point. I think it runs a little high. I don't eat, I don't think I eat as much as it tells me I should be, but I'm close within one or one or 200 calories of it. Um, but at least you can get sort of some idea, right? And then we basically say like, you should be eating three meals and two snacks a day. And then if you're working out, add to that a pre and post-workout. So getting some kind of carbs, maybe a little bit of protein before your workout and then having protein and carbs for sure after your workout. Um, but we, I mean, like I would recommend eating like every two and a half, three hours. If mm -hmm. you're hungry and you're training for an Ironman, like listen to your body and eat something. Just make sure that you're eating whole real foods, like quality stuff, you know? Um, but I'm a big, I mean, I'm a big believer in just listening, listening to yourself. Um, if you feel like you're overeating, you know, maybe you have a glass of water and you wait 15 to 20 more minutes. And if you're still hungry, like have a snack, just have a balanced snack, like have another, you know, cup, one or two hard boiled eggs and some kind of like fruit or vegetable or something. And, and that's the key to all this really. Like it doesn't, in my opinion, and, and probably yours, it doesn't necessarily matter whether you're paleo, whole 30, keto, whole food, you know, whatever, yeah. as long as you're eating things that come from something remotely natural, right? Right. Like you don't have to go full on organic, like great if you can, but that's yeah. expensive and hard and it is, you know, it's a little bit out there in some cases, but as long as it's just real food that you could point to the plant or the animal that it came from. Yeah that's at least one decent ground rule to start with. For sure. And you know, something I tell my nutrition clients is like, um, when you look, if you're buying something processed, it's going to have a nutrition label and it's going to give you the list of ingredients. Like would your grandmother know what those ingredients are? <laughs> like, would she be able to pronounce them? The yeah. Right. But like, I look for things. I mean, first of all, I can count on one hand, how many things we get in the aisles. Mm -hmm. Like we stick with the perimeter of the grocery store. You know, it's everything that needs to be refrigerated is what we have in our cart. We get, you know, quick cooking oats in the aisles. We get coffee in the aisles, um, applesauce packets, mm -hmm. 
peanut butter. Spices, oil, maybe. Spices, maybe olive oil. Like, it's so few things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like, look at the ingredients list. I look for things with, like, seven ingredients or less and that I can pronounce them. Like, like, so if you're going to eat, like, a protein bar, there's just so many... So many scary, gross protein bars out there (laughs) that are just packed with crap. Like, you know, and so we eat RX bars and it's like, there's seven ingredients and I can, I know them all. I know exactly what they are or something like. If you haven't seen the, if you haven't seen the RX bar commercials with iced tea, I highly suggest that you Google them. They are amazing. I don't watch live TV, so I don't see commercials. I'm not even (laughs) sure they were on TV ever. But at one point, he opens up a little window and he goes, buy our X bars or don't. Really? I don't care. Doesn't matter. Good for them. And it just ends. So they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like a million different flavors. And are they the best things I've ever had in my life? No. Yeah. But I think they're pretty good. I found a flavor I really like. The dark chocolate sea salt is my favorite. <laughs> my husband likes the chocolate peanut butter. Um There's also one called a perfect bar. There, mm-hmm. the, the demand for these whole food kind of slightly processed um food you know thing it's it's getting higher and higher so there's more and more good protein bars coming out that aren't filled with crap so look at that ingredients list and you know judge you be the judge (laughs) yeah the 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 one exception that i uh have offered to many people kind of going through this type of training is the I'm going to call it like the in-workout nutrition. So there's, I mean, you can't do a 12 or 15 hour race without eating. Like you'll just fall over and die. Right. Probably. And so there's, (laughs) I would have, Um, there's all sorts of stuff out there. Like whether they're those energy gels or electrolyte tablets or salt tablets, like that kind of stuff in the extreme case scenario where your body's just running out of energy faster than you can put it back in. Yeah. Go for it. Find something that you can stomach. It's a limited type thing, but probably don't be sitting on the couch watching 60 minutes like sucking energy gels down yeah. that might not be the way to go no i don't know who's doing that but if anyone is <laughs> don't yeah no we just watched a documentary on uh on netflix of these guys doing the tour de france and mm-hmm. the cyclists and yeah i mean same thing they were having those gel pa- like yeah i mean in, in on race day i feel like there's sort of no no real rules <laughs> yeah and you know what after race, the day after Goodbye. race day do whatever you want to because you earned it yeah that's true that's i had true. about three pounds of pork belly tater tots <laughs> but not since then so what the heck know, are those? oh they're good Ew. they're good um <laughs> yeah but all right so the the last thing that i think we should leave people with we've talked about everything from how to visually measure food on your plate, how to track food in an app, the various different types of foods to eat, to not eat, how much of them to eat, but to leave with something even simpler than that. Like if we were going to give someone who is doing anything from just getting off the couch for the first time in years, all the way through to training for an Ironman or even something crazier uh, than that, what are just like two or three hard and fast rules they can follow where if they break every other rule, but they follow those two or three, they're probably going to be in good shape. Right. Right. Um, I would say what we were just talking about. So (laughs) sticking with, you know, stick with the perimeter of your grocery store, whole real foods, ingredients lists, seven things or less, and you can pronounce them. I mean, if you just did that, I feel like, and you cut out the process stuff, it would make a huge impact on your energy levels, your sleep, your digestion, your workouts. 
I mean, I feel like it would impact everything. Sure. Um, and then the other thing would be those non-nutrition lifestyle factors. So hydration, making sure, especially people training for Ironman, like, geez, I don't I tell people to aim for 80 to 100 ounces of water a day. So, um, and that's just an average person. So I would imagine an Ironman training would need even more than that. Um, so hydration, uh, sleep is incredibly important. Seven mm-hmm. to eight hours, like re let your body rest, let your hormones reset overnight. Like you need seven to eight hours of sleep, no question. So, and then like stretching, you know, I would think that'd be super important for people oh, training yeah. or anyone like our body. My goal is to be able to go to the bathroom by myself for as long as possible. <laughs> I don't want anyone helping me. I don't want anyone helping me. So like, Whatever I have to do. So for me, that's nutrition, working out, hydration, sleep, stretching, like keep your joints lubricated and, and loose. And then, um, I don't know, that's what I would say. It's sort of like a whole life kind of picture. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, but it's it's big, but simple all at the same time. You know, it eat is. Milk, take care of your body, drink water when you're thirsty. Maybe a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's not easy. Like, I'm not saying it like it's super easy. I mean, one thing is you could get a nutrition coach. You could mm-hmm. get work with a nutritionist or a dietitian or a nutrition coach, like to keep you accountable and help you come up with these ideas, you know, like it can get overwhelming. So it helps to be maybe accountable to someone or to simplify the process a little more and just focus on three things a month, you know, yep. like three action steps. And then if you nail those, the next time you come into me, we'll move on. But if not, we might stick with those three for the next month, you know, yeah. and until you've figured out a system to just make it part of your life and your lifestyle. Yeah. And so. in the oversimplification to get started is yeah. is a super great place to start. We tell, I had a conversation with a guy who just joined the gym a few weeks ago and he was asking about nutrition and he wanted to kind of, you know, dive in head first and go all for it. And I was like, well, you know, why don't you just tell me what you ate yesterday? Yeah. And it's like, well, I ate this and, and everything he told me was like pretty good. He's like, and then I, you know, I had a Coke before I went to bed. I was like, all right. So for the next week, just like, don't have any yeah. Coke. And he was like, okay. Yeah. But you know, you, you don't have to turn your whole life upside down to get started. You can just kind of cut one thing out or make one tiny change. And then to your point, that stuff just snowballs into the next week and the next week. And the next yeah. Week. You start feeling good. You yeah. start noticing some differences. Your pants are a little loose. You're sleeping better. And you're like, this might be working. Yeah. <laughs> like, so now what works. else can I do? Yeah. Yeah. People get excited. Yeah. It's true. Cool. Well, Emily, thank you very much for going through this with me a second time. You're welcome. I think we were a little better than the first, but call it practice. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) But really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time. I know you stayed late to do this. So thank you very much. No problem. Happy to be here. And there you have it. Thank you very, very much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to it. We've got more on the way. So until next time, happy training.